everybody, my name is Austin Killian, and I'm a co-host with Andrew Harper, and we're both pastors at First Baptist Church in Cleveland, and this is the Exiles Podcast where we talk about life, doctrine, hot topics, and all things Baptist from a gospel-centered point of view. Today, we don't have Andrew with us, but we have a special guest with us, um, a guy who's been a part of my ministry uh, here at First Baptist, I guess, really since pretty close to the beginning of my time here. Um, his name is Edwin Kraft. And uh, Edwin uh, works at Delta State University. That's right. Uh, that's all the background information I'm going to give about you. I'll let you kind of, Edwin, tell us about yourself. To give us a little bit of background information about you. So thank you, Austin, and it's good to be here. Um, so I was um, born in Columbia, Mississippi, so I'm a Mississippi native. Um, uh, grew up in Columbia uh, was there for a lot of my life, um, but early on started getting interested in computers, and that kind of set the pathway for my career. Uh, studied at Southern Mississippi, and then took a job at Western Kentucky University, where I was in IT. I was actually the director of a large IT um, organization there at Western Kentucky, um, and then wanted to come back to Mississippi because I wanted to to make a difference here and use my talents in some positive way. So I took the job at Delta State as the chief information officer. And so I've been in technology um, leadership role for about 25 years of my life. And in that time, uh, I've seen a lot of good things that technology can do, but I've also seen a lot of bad things Mm -hmm. that technology could do. So when I was at Western Kentucky University, I decided to do my dissertation on generational differences. And I got to study a lot about generations and how they use technology to communicate. And, you know, some of those, um, you can see some some stark differences between, say, the boomer generation and, and their use of technology. You know, they gravitate toward email and they gravitate more toward Facebook. And then you get down into the millennial generation and the, and the younger generation, Gen Z, and they use technology in a completely different mechanism. So I've had unique opportunities in my life to study from a research perspective how how generations use technology, mm-hmm. but also from a practical perspective in my everyday life and my career, I use technology every day and I help tech people with technology every day. So I see both the pros and cons of technology and technology usage. Yeah, and you so you so your degree you said that was in the study between like generational differences, right? Yeah. So um, my actual my doctorate is in organizational leadership. Uh-huh. So when I was looking at organizational leadership, and the reason I, I looked at this for my dissertation was I wanted to see how you could use the differences between technology usage um, of the different generations in a practical business perspective. To, to communicate better. Mm-hmm. So how do you enhance communication across different generations with technology when, say, looking at uh, the boomer generation that sends everything in email all the way down to Gen Z that wants to send everything in text message? And also how that can create a gap in communication um, or a dysfunctional communication between those generations as well. Yeah, and, and that really, so our topic today, uh, you've already done a seminar with us here at First Baptist, yes. uh, Parent Equipping Seminar on the Dangers of Social Media, and that was for our parents here. And so this is just uh, a summary, 
version of that seminar time. And um, I think that it's a conversation that really needs to be had, especially because social media today, uh, the trends in social media are, are ever changing. They're not staying around very long and new things are popping up and new social media sites are coming into play. Uh, and so it's very important. Um, I remember saying in that seminar the other day, um, I said something, uh, I read something, I heard something, maybe it was on the social dilemma, which we'll get to a little bit later, but uh, that students, or excuse me, that all throughout history, uh, it was up to adults to teach kids on how to do things. They were taught to saddle a horse. They were taught to change the tires on a car. They were taught um, to cook or all these different things, how to throw a baseball, you know, how to shoot a basketball, those types of things. But we're in this strange time now where that has been reversed and kids, teens, uh, are teaching adults how to use social media. Yeah, and I believe that actually started earlier than that. And I, I studied this in my dissertation. Um, it, it started really with text messaging. And if you'll notice when text messaging came out, um, students started, or kids, started using a lot of acronyms in their text messaging, which was a different language. And if you study um, anything on languages, language has always been taught from the older generation down. Mm-hmm. Um, so with text messaging, it was the first time ever in history where language was taught from the younger generation up. Um, you know, the parents didn't know what LOL meant. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of these acronyms that s- or slang that students were using, the ge- younger generation that started really with the millennial generation, um, teaching parents. So it was a shift in that. And I think that that's one of the things that brings fear into the older generation because the older generation is always perceived as the wise generation so they have to be smarter or they have to bestow knowledge on the younger generation and when you reverse that um, where the younger generation is now the smartest it it does cause fear Mm -hmm. and i think fear is sometimes the um, what blocks um, parents from wanting to discuss uh, technology at all with the younger generation right you know, so I had a student. So you've known me since I was in college, yes. right? So you were you were there when I was just a student, and um, so you know that that wasn't very long ago at all. <laughs> well, I had a student the other day. Um, one of our college students asked me a question, um, and I said, uh, "BRB, be right back." And he said, "Wait, you know how to do that?" And I said, "We were the first ones to start it. Like yes. our 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 my my generation was the ones who started BRB because we didn't want to sit there and press a button." three times in order, you know, we didn't have a keyboard like we do on an iPhone. So, And I'll tell you another interesting thing about that, and and I learned this in my dissertation as well. Um, I was actually studying overseas. I was studying abroad. It was a a trip to Malaysia. And in Malaysia, we were actually having dinner with um, some Japanese students. And it was an interesting conversation that we were having at the table. And so since I was studying for my dissertation, I asked them a couple of questions. And one of the things that I asked, I, I asked about the language of text messaging. And I said, okay, when you're communicating with, your, uh, with anybody in the world, what language do you use? And they said, English. And I said, okay, um, what about your acronyms? Do you use LOL? Do you use all these other acronyms? And the answer was yes. So this is the first time, I think, also that there's a common language between uh, all of the generations of teens or, or the generation of teens, which is the millennial generation, communicating with a common language across the board. Mm-hmm. So that's the first time ever in our history where you see a common language that's with the entire generation taught up to the older generations. Yeah. 
So why don't we just jump in and ask? A, I got a couple questions for you. You got a couple of answers. So why don't we look at a couple of those? Okay. All right. Uh, this first question I have is one: Why are you personally so passionate about this topic regarding parenting in social media age? I think that comes twofold. Um, I think one, it comes from my job in IT. Um, and I think the second part of that is that I'm also a parent. Mm-hmm. So my job in IT, I get to see all of the dangers that IT can bring to the table. Um, I, I, you know, it's, it's almost like if you asked, you know, a police officer uh, why he's a police officer. And I think it's protection from a lot of the dangers that he sees. Um, in, in my role as IT, I, I, I have to investigate numerous types of things that go on on PCs, just ranging from a wide variety of something that's simple that you get involved in that um, like maybe a check cashing scam or something like that, um, all the way to getting really wrapped up in pornography or any other type of thing that's one of the dangers that's lurking in the deep dark corners. You know, I get the question all the time, have you ever been to the dark web? Does the dark web exist? And, And the answer to that is yes, the dark web does exist. And yes, it is is a very bad, scary place, and yes, we've had to go to the dark web for various things. And there, there's that, there's that evil that's always lurking around the corner. That you know, that that is a scary place, mm-hmm. um, and we know it exists. And I guess our role, or why a lot of people get into technology, is we want to help people. Yeah. And part of that helping is to educate them on the dangers that exist out there. Yeah. So <clears throat> you are a believer in Christ. Um, we've gone through a D group together. Um, I know that you are a faithful disciple maker in your home uh, with with your son and um, and with your wife. Um, so let me just ask you this because I think this is going to be the, the foundation that we lay for the moving forward. What biblical foundation would you point parents to when imploring them to be more aware of their child's social media? I, I think there's two. I, I, and you know, we talked about it from um, the perspective of, you know, putting it in a common language perspective. You wouldn't put your child in a car and not give them instructions on how to drive and just say, okay, go have fun, mm-hmm. um, because you know the dangers that are involved in it. The same is true with anything. Um, don't put your kids, don't just give them uh, an iPad and say, okay, go have fun, and not explain to them that there's real dangers associated with that, because you are responsible for how your kids grow up. You know, there's two scriptures that I have written down here. One's Proverbs 22, 6 that everybody knows, and that says, you know, train up a child. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that we always use that term, okay, train up a child, train up a child. But really, it's our responsibilities as parents to train up a child. And then the second one. Well, finish that, finish that train up a child and what? Because it does give a promise there at the end, too. Yeah, it says train up a child in the way that he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Yeah. And, yeah. The, you know, and I think that there's, there's hope in that. You know, if I train up this child to do the right thing when it comes to social media, we, there's, there's hope in that God will use that to let them keep those instructions with them long, long term. Exactly. And I think I'm a prime example of that. <laughs> So, you know, the other one, and this is the scary one, um, and that's Proverbs nineteen eighteen, and it says, Disciple your son, for there is hope. Do not set your heart on putting him to death. And I think that that is, that's the scary part behind it. If we don't train our children the way that they are need to be trained, then there's that fear that some evil is going to come into their life. 
mm-hmm. that is going to sentence them to death. Yeah, you know, I was talking the other day with somebody, and I was actually teaching our students this uh, yesterday in small groups. Uh, there's a lot of questions surrounding their ecclesia study that we're going through right now, right. and so they're wondering, like, what you know, how does this teach me uh, how to say no to, you know, how my perception on social media or my fear of not being popular or these things. So I drew this tree and I said, look, there's these roots. And if you're going to plant a tree, the one thing you need to know is we need to water the roots. We need to take care of the roots. And so at the root, there are foundations. This is the foundation of the tree. So imagine that the tree roots represent um, your identity in Christ. They represent your purpose in life. They represent, um, they represent what you believe about the gospel of Jesus, right? We need to water those things because as we water those things, they inform us on how to deal with real-life situations that come our way, like the dangers of social media and how I should interact with others on social media. But I think so often what we do is we focus on watering the branches, and we might take something away from that. But at the end of the day, our foundation hasn't been laid, and so we have, we're more apt to, to I guess to to fall to, to death in in those areas, you know. You know, you know. Don't you think it's interesting that we're talking about something that's relatively new? You know, when I was growing up, um, the first computer I got, we we tested the speed. It was on the it. typewriter, right? Yeah, <laughs> a little bit, <laughs> a little bit before, a little bit after a typewriter. Um, at least you didn't say a slide rule, but um, the um, we tested the speed on it by how quickly it spell checked a document. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about that. You know, you don't even think about speed when you're mm-hmm. talking about spell checking now. But um, the common underlying themes that we've talked about that, that really get in, we have to teach our kids are fear and peer pressure. Mm-hmm. Those are the two things that draw them away or draw them into doing something that they wouldn't typically do. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, has nothing to do with technology. It has to do with those watering the roots like you were talking about, building the foundation so that they understand how to – live a Christian life in an ungodly world. Right. You know, if if we are not showing them who God has defined them to be in Christ, then we are allowing the world to define who they are. And when when we allow that to happen, their identity is then rooted in the world and what the world has to say that their value is versus over here what the Lord, how he's defined them, he defines what their value is. And it's so much more joyful and satisfying. And so I think it's just really important as parents uh, to push our children and our teens to that. And that will help them if they can understand their identity, it will help them face the fears and the anxiety and the and the difficulties of navigating through social media later on in life. Yeah. And I think you said an important word there. You said value. And, and when you said that word, you know, the world, when when the world puts a value on a person, think about how ugly and and dirty and stained that value is. But then when God puts a value on you as a set apart child of His, think about how perfect mm. and and really clean and white and and things that He He's taken that that sin and just completely washed it away and washed those ugly stains of the world away yeah. and set you apart. And, and that's what we've got to teach our kids is that God set them apart. Yeah. God made them perfect. God sees you 
in a perfect sense. And that's what I think that they turn to the world for, is they turn to the world because they want to be popular and everything. And and we have to convince them that, hey, God already sees you as perfect. Yeah, and and that that made me think of the Apostle Peter in his letter to the exiles. He said, um, you are royal priesthood, a holy nation. You are you once were not God's people, but now you are God's people. And then at the very end of the passage he says, So don't be like the Gentiles. Exactly. You're different. You know, and it should look different. We are the salt of the earth, right? Like we taste, we look different, you know, and um yeah, that's that's a good point. Why don't we go to the next question? How okay. about that? Um what are some of the dangers teens may face while using social media? Oh, man, and it's not just teens. It's, 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 every, it's everybody for can sure. be entrapped in those dangers. I, I've seen, you know, from teens all the way to adults. But when you're, when you're talking about teens, I think the biggest one that scares me is, is cyberbullying. Mm. So um, I, I know when, when you were growing up, you were probably not bullied. But I was a nerd, so, <laughs> you know, I may have had the other side of that. But, uh, you know, Bullies, when I was growing up, you went home and you had a safe spot. But now with cyberbullying, there is no safe place from the Internet. It follows you everywhere you go, mm-hmm. and it's, it's on you 24-7, and you can never. And, and think about that from a teen's perspective is that um, they, they've only lived on this earth a short period of time, but it's easy for them to think that their life is over based on a bad comment or um, an ugly picture that's posted. Um, you know, teens can be very mean to other teens sometimes. Mm-hmm. And, and as parents, we have to watch that, you know, that that we do give kids or, uh, a safe place to come home to. But also, we've got to give them in that safe place, we've got to give them a person to talk to. Um, because they may they may experience things on the internet that they don't feel like that they can share with their parents, and that's mm-hmm. really a bad place to be, um, because they need to be able to communicate with their parents. Opening that establish and establishing that clear lines of communication with your kids is key um, in this day and time, especially when the internet follows, follows you everywhere. But I mean, there's there's sexting, and you know some of the uh, people listening may not know what that is, but it, it's sending a um, unappropriate picture of yourself to another. person person mm-hmm. um, and sexting is rampant in our kids today and and they think that for some reason that that boy or girl that they're sharing that picture with um, is not going to share it with someone else mm-hmm. and it's not going to get distributed and and um, I showed a video in our seminar about a girl that got entrapped to uh, you know sexting and she she ended up committing suicide um, and it's just because those pictures just kept resurfacing and resurfacing and even though she changed schools um, they kept following her. So um, in my time at in student ministry, I've talked to more student pastors, and even we've had to deal with it some here. That is the biggest topic that, that parents uh, have been more become more aware of, but also they've become more aware of it because they've discovered it. Um, and, and that's not like, that's not a here context. That is all across the, the state of Mississippi, when I've talked to youth pastors, this is something that is uh, really at the forefront of a lot of teens' minds. And, you know, there used to be, you know, when we when we would talk about first, second, third base, you know, there, there were different things, right? That standard has completely changed. Yeah. It, it's more, it's not... It's not. You don't even have to be in a relationship anymore. It's. It, these things take place casually um, amongst teens today, and that's that's the scary part too. Because now we've we've entered into a whole another topic of 
the question like what is true love and and for someone else and how do we navigate through that because it's so casual now so yeah that's a big danger and you know when you're talking about technology you know a lot of the current technology you send a picture on this application and it's supposed to delete itself in 30 seconds or when somebody reads it or whatever but here's a here's the ugly truth about technology it never goes away there's always something it it is never deleted it's never truly gone even if you delete it off your computer Mm -hmm. it's still there um the internet has this ugly way of remanifesting things that you thought you deleted years and years and years ago. Yeah. Well, let's move on to this next question. Um, So we asked the question, uh, what are some of the dangers? Why is it important for parents and other adults with children in their lives to be aware of the dangers of social media? And again, I go back to that car analogy just because it's so good is that, you know, there there's so many, you know, people die in, in car accidents and things like that, that we, we can see the true danger of it. But a lot of times with, with, with the Internet, we just we don't see the danger because it, it's, it's kind of like the, um, the story about the frog that you put in the boiling water. Mm-hmm. You know, if you put him in boiling water that's already hot, he'll jump out. But if you just slowly turn up the heat over time, then what ends up happening? The frog ends up cooking itself. And I think that's the thing with social media is it, it just kind of teases us. There, there's so much danger that's out there that where's the line actually? Where do we draw the line? Yeah. Um, you know, the one big thing, and I said that, that social media dangers aren't just for teens, they're for adults too, but pornography is rampant on the, the Internet. So how are you blocking pornography from, you know, not only your kids but yourself and, and your access to it, you know, because um, the world is trying to sell these things mm-hmm. that we know as, as a Christian that are a danger to us and our family. Um, and, you know, you, you talked about, you know, first base, second base, and what is true love, you know, the biblical definition of a marriage, you know, uh, that's what eats at the foundation of some marriages that are out there as well. You know, yeah, so this, victims. This, is, this isn't just a problem that is in one section of our lives. This is something that branches out into all aspects of our lives, not just social media and how we interact and socialize with other people, but like our future spouse, how do we how do we interact with them now? Um, you know, our friendships. How do we how do we relate to other people? What does it look like for me now to confess sins to people? You know, like all these things are informed by how we see and how we interact and what we know about social media in some ways. Um, and I think that leads to this: What are the possible effects that social media can have on teens who have no guidance online? Uh, the door is wide open. And what we really have to understand first is how much time, you know, you have to first say, okay, is social media an influencer? And, you know, that's that's a, you ask, um, you know, 10 people in a room, you're probably going to get different answers that sure. um, it's not. But the way that social media makes its money is by definition being an influencer. They're selling ads or ad space or ad time. That's how Facebook and, you know, some of these other social media sites, Instagram, Snapchat, they all get their money or their ad revenue by how much time you spend consuming their product. So they're not going to post something that you're not interested in. They're trying to draw in more and more and more of your time. So by nature, these products are already an influencer. Mm -hmm. Now, how they influence you is a different thing. So if you start going down a bad path, 
then it's going to start influencing you more and more and more to continue down that path. Not only that, is it's designed, so let's say the news articles that you read, um, your, Google, your, your search engines are going to be smarter and smarter and smarter about this is the type of information you want to consume, mm-hmm. so it provides you with that information more and more. Yeah. So if you're conservative, guess what news articles you're going to get? Conservative. Conservative. And if you're liberal? You're going to get liberal. So it is trying to convince you that your mechanism of thinking is is on the right track because everybody else thinks the same way you do. Yeah. Now think about if you start going off a really deep, dark area, then you're going to start being uh, presented with that deep, dark information more and more and more and more. But as Christians, we're not worldly. You know, we're not we don't we don't need to be we need to focus our information on something completely different. Mm hmm. Yeah, um, there was the, the social dilemma is what I brought it up earlier in that yes. there's a TV, there's a show on Netflix called The Social Dilemma. And I would encourage anybody who's listening to just go to Netflix and watch it. I think it's going to give you a, a good example of what we're talking about when it comes to the dangers of social media. One of the effects that I think is it creates an addictive personality, right? It does. Because, it, well, I think we already, by nature, our sin nature, sure. we're already addictive. You know, we want to go to that side. It just reinforces that addiction. Right. And and you think about this. So they in the social dilemma, they talk about this a little bit. When you do the when you pull down on social media, when you pull down on the screen and it does a new load, right? The idea of pulling down, they get that from a slot machine in a casino pull down and the and it's sending off in your head that when I pull down there may be an award waiting for me on the other side. And that, that reward is is new information or or new new news or whatever you know is popping up. So you pull down and then when something new does happen, it makes you want to pull down again. Yep. And you pull down again and this time you don't get it. But maybe the next time I will. And so you pull down again and the next thing you know, thirty minutes, an hour, two hours have gone by. And they do the same thing with the endless scroll. The endless scroll is designed that you may go through 10 or 15 news feeds that are the same thing that you saw the last two days, but then number 11, you know, number 11 is something new, and that keeps you scrolling through 10 more things that you've seen just to find number 11 all over again. And what it does is it it, it, it gives you excitement, uh, and it's crazy to think that, that that's how they work. But even these are the designers and the social dilemma. These are the people who design that social network. Yes. And I thought something else that was interesting. I don't know how many believers work in Silicon Valley, um, but whether they're believers or not, they had all agreed. Uh, many of them have agreed that their kids will have screen limits and social media limits. Yeah, screen limits and social media limits are, are a good tool that parents can do, uh, use um, just to limit their time. You know, when we were growing up, we had outside time, right, that had no technology. And I'm sure you did, even though you're a lot younger than me. But Yeah, we did. No, we, we, we did. We, and we had a time where we had to put our phone away. You, you know, know. I, I, I still think it, it, it's good for kids to take off their shoes, be fair, barefooted, running around in the yard, not exposed to technology. Kids need to be kids. There's there's a lot of ugly world that's that's out there that, that we should protect them from. Yeah, absolutely. All right, one more question. Um, what are some practical ways parents can guide their preteens or teens through a social media adventures? 
Okay. Um, you know, one of the things that we did as part of our, our training that we did the other day is we created this Google Classroom. Um, and there, there's a lot of really, really useful information in there. There's one website in there that goes through and shows you exactly how to set screen limits on whatever device you have or to basically put a firewall on that device that blocks certain kind of content. I do that on my phone today, yeah. Yes, mm-hmm. all of those are, are really, really good, useful tools um, and, and parents should, um, I tell you what, I think you're going to put the, the link to that Google yeah, Classroom. Yeah, so the link of, to that Google Classroom that Edwin's talking about, we'll put in the comments below. And, um, but go through, go through that Google Classroom, and, and there's really, you know, a lot more useful tools than, than what we have time to go through, mm-hmm. you know, in, in this podcast. But, um, and, and also, reach out to people like me. Um, that may have may be technology inclined. I think the one probably best useful comment that I can put here is um, sometimes parents are fearful of technology. They don't have communication because one, they're difficult conversations, and they will be perceived at not knowing what they're talking about. And I think we have to, I think devil, the devil uses fear to keep us from doing things many times in our life. But I think we have to get past that fear and have the difficult conversations and just open up the communication. Because if you don't, your kids are going to be exposed to all of this information at school, by peer pressure, by all of these other mm-hmm. factors. And they're not going to have the godly tools to combat it. I would say to kind of tag with that is learn what they enjoy about social media and why they enjoy that thing. Oh, yes. You know, so we need the why behind the what, you know, but learn what they enjoy. So that just that means having intentional conversations. Uh, it means learning, like you said, about these social media apps, which is when I'm looking at this Axis uh, document right here, which is on that Google site. You can look at it, and it talks about guidance, guiding through conversations with your kids about social media. So that's just another tool yet that's on that Google site. But it even mentions educa- educate yourself on the apps that you're using and that they're using. Yeah. And educate doesn't mean that you have to be smarter than the kids. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I think that's what we all term as educate is, oh, I've got to be smarter than them at it. You're probably not going to outsmart your kids on the use of the technology, but you can understand the technology. Um, for example, some of the social media apps out there, um, and it, this is this is part of that I've learned the ugly truth about it is it keeps maps of all your friends and all their locations at any given time. Um, it even well, tells them if they're in a car, in a plane, or on a boat. I mean, it's exactly, and that all seems really, really safe until it's not. Mm-hmm. Um, and you get somebody that's tracking one of your kids using that app, or you get somebody, um, a disgruntled boyfriend and girlfriend situation going on. And so maybe they hide their location from that one individual, but guess what? All of those other friends know the location, so all that person has to do is say, hey, can I borrow your phone? And they go yeah. and find out where you're at. So um, it, it you just have to be very, very cautious. Yeah, and th- and I think this one on that same site um, kind of um, goes alongside that. Prepare your kids for what to do when someone online flatters them, approaches them inappropriately, or threatens them. Yes. They um, need to be educated on if I get a message from someone who's random, even if they look cute or they look like they're my age or they look, or it says that they're from – they live 30 minutes from here – those are red flags if you don't know who they are. Oh, yes, it is. And so here's the other ugly truth. There, there's a lot of really cool kids' applications um, because I think that we've used 
um, iPads and iPhones to pacify our children, um, mm-hmm. like the whole Barney generation where they grew up watching Barney. Um, we've What's used Barney. <laughs> yeah. We've used um, we've used iPads just to pacify them while they're in the back seat and we're driving instead of them saying how much further, how much further. Now we just give them an iPad and they watch. Well, all of the pedophiles know about these applications too. Yeah. And so they're in the dark, lurking in the chat rooms, pretending to be little kids, and we have to be cautious of what access that they have into our homes. Yeah. You know, we wouldn't give we wouldn't give a pedophile a key to our house, would we? <laughs> no. But no. We, have, we put an iPad in a kid's hands that has a chat room in it, and mm-hmm. they end up communicating to our kids without us even knowing about it because we're not cautious enough. And that's the dangers of it. You know, one of the one of the things I wrote down as we were first talking about this is, you know, when kids are little, what do they do to keep the bad man away? They close their eyes, and they think that the person can't see them. Mm-hmm. You or know? They hide, yeah, and they hide behind. They hide the behind your leg. Yeah. That's what we're doing as parents. We're closing our eyes and thinking that the technology is just going to go away, and it's not. Mm-hmm. The technology is there, and kids that have access to the technology still have access to the bad things that are out there. Yeah, and uh, I think lastly, just remember it is so important that we inform them on how Scripture can be used to combat uh, these things that we're dealing with, these dangers that are we face with social media. We've read a couple of them today, and I think I see it written down right there, Deuteronomy 6, verse 7. You know, it is the responsibility of, of the parent, right? Uh, it says, you shall teach them diligently to your children. That is the law of God, right? Uh, and shall talk to talk of them when you sit at your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. It's just consistent uh, pattern or rhythm of teaching your kids uh, instilling in your kids uh, the love of God, the, the law of God, um, the word of God. And really, as you instill in them those things, I find, at least with the teens that I interact with, the parents who have instilled that, their delight is in the word more than it is in the world. Yeah, we just got through going through in church that all scripture is God-breathed. Mm-hmm. All scripture is designed for what? Teaching, teaching, rebuking. I mean, I mean, when you think about it, the Bible itself is how many years old? A a lot. And how much? (laughs) Yeah. Um, So two thousand years old um, when Jesus walked the earth. You know, let's say that 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 the uh, New Testament was written around that period. Um, And how much has changed with technology? But when we still go back to the foundation and root. It is all God-breathed, and it is still relevant today. Mm-hmm. It's never changing. It's always there. I mean, think about that. That just, that just sends chills yes. down me. Is Social that, media is changing every day because it has to keep up with the times, but God's Word is still a rock. Yeah. Praise the Lord, right? Yep. Way, way to end on hope. Yep. All right, everybody. So glad that you listened to us today. Uh, this was the Exiles, po- or is, not was. It still is the Exiles podcast. Hey, if you have any questions, you can uh, hit us up on social media. You can email us at theexilespod at gmail.com with any more questions. We'll be sure to answer that. Edwin, 
Is there any way that, you know, if anybody wanted to contact you, what are some areas that they can maybe contact you? Maybe uh, social media or anything like that? Yeah, through social media. Um, I, and I'll post my email address, and you can add it to the comments if you want to. Um, my private email address is ed, the number one, craft at gmail.com. Just drop me an email. I'll be glad to, you know, respond to you with any information. Um, uh, also have access to all the content that's in our class that we posted. Um, you know, just any time that we can help, you know, this is this is a walk that we as brothers and sisters in Christ go through together. Mm-hmm. You know, God didn't mean for us to be separated. He meant for us to be apart. And each one of the, you know, the members of the body has different gifts. And this just happens to be an area that, that I'm gifted in and am more than willing to share with any other person. Absolutely. Well, everybody, so glad that you're able to join us. Until next time, peace. Peace.